0: hey and welcome back to the thrive online podcast episode three this week we are continuing our thrive five series with today's message called meet real needs pastor david is speaking once again this week and let me tell you this is a message you don't want to miss so whether you're listening in your car the gym or even your work or home We pray that today's message gives you hope and builds your faith. I'm excited and I hope you are too. So let's get ready to learn today.
1: Well, hey, Thrivers. It is so good to be with you again here this Sunday. Isn't it so fun to come together and to celebrate all that God has done in us, all he's done through us in this last week? Now, uh, I know some of you might be new here and you might be wondering what is Thrive all about? And we love to just summarize, summarize it by saying this, we are imperfect people becoming the church, on the mission with Jesus, bringing hope and healing to the world. And, and that's what we're all about. And, and my hope and prayer is this, that by experiencing Thrive today, that, that by the end of your time here together with us, um, that you would feel like this is a place where you can belong and become more like Jesus. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we started this series called our Thrive Five, our Thrive Five. And uh, it's a series really about our value statements here at Thrive. Lots of churches have value statements. Uh, Some of them are probably similar to these, and some of them might be way different. But here at Thrive, we call them our Thrive Five. And really what we like to call them is our road signs uh, for our journey. Um, basically ways we can check in to make sure that, that we are growing in the right direction. And so uh, it helps us to answer some of these questions. These Thrive Five help us answer some questions like this. Are we on track, right? Are we on the right track? Are we growing daily? Are, are we becoming spiritually wise or are we kind of growing more foolish every day? Do we have a firm foundation and are we obedient to Jesus or are we building our life on the sand? Similar to what Jesus said at the end of his Sermon on the Mount, when he challenged those who were listening to him, when he said this, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Our goal is that we are growing daily and our Thrive Five helps us to identify if we're on the right track. Now, to review for some of you who maybe have been away for a couple weeks or maybe you're brand new here today, um, the first of our Thrive Five is this, to follow Jesus. It has to start with Jesus. In fact, our whole faith journey starts and ends with Jesus. And so we ask this question or we make this statement, are you following Jesus, right? It's the most basic and most transformational of our Thrive Five. Um, And so that's where we start. The second one, the one we talked about last week was this to live in community, to live in community. Once we begin to follow Jesus, it's clear that he has called all of us, his followers, his disciples, to live in community with other disciples. That's what Jesus did and that's what he wants for us. And so we we should be living in community with one another as believers, which means we live in unity with each other, humbly serving one another and having a genuine love for each other. Now today, Today, we're going to dive into our third of our Thrive Five. Our third Thrive Five is this, meet real needs. Meet real needs. Say that with me. Meet real needs. Great. Awesome. Now, for us at Thrive, this value is about looking outside the walls of the church looking outside of our personal relationships we have with other believers in the church and actually looking to the community, the greater community around us and opportunities that, that Jesus presents to us to help meet needs of those who are hurting. And can we all admit that to live in obedience with all that Jesus is asking us to do and all that he desires from us takes some spiritual, supernatural help, doesn't it? And so right now, I would love to invite Holy Spirit to just speak to us as we listen to the voice of Jesus. So would you join me as I pray? Holy Spirit, we need your help today. We need your wisdom and your understanding to cut through all the distractions and noise of this world. Give us ears to hear your voice. Give us eyes to see the truth. And most of all, give us courage to obey whatever it is you ask us to do in response to this message today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm curious, Thrivers. I'm curious, and I, I kind of need to know, how many of you believe that hope wins? Like, like how many of you believe that when you offer hope, or you offer good news, or you offer help to other people, that the gospel wins, right? The gospel wins. L- let me explain what I'm getting at here. We live in a world that makes following, Uh, And following kind of the trends of this world, like the most popular thing, right? We live in a world that loves to tell us all about the tragedies, all about the brokenness, the frustration, the heartaches, the division. It is so easy for us to get sucked in. And even as believers, it's easy for us to get distracted by the negativity. And because of that, we stop dealing in hope. We stop giving hope to those who need it. More specifically, our mission is this. Our mission is to bring the gospel to the world. Jesus said it like this, that we should bring light into the dark places, right? As we go into the world, we bring light to dark places and that his love shines through us when we do that. Now, do you believe that if we do that, if we bring light to the darkness and we give hope to the hopeless, that the gospel wins? I hope you believe that because that is what the gospel, that is what Jesus came to tell us right? I don't know about you, but over the last 16 months, it has been a challenge, um, difficult at times, to, enc- to be encouraged and to fill other people with encouragement. Can, can I say that, church? Can I say that it's been hard even for me, right? To be encouraged and to encourage other people, to give hope to others. But then every once in a while, what happens is this. I'm reminded that hope wins. I'm reminded by other people who are about the gospel, like my friend Carlos Whitaker, somebody that I follow on, on a social media platform. And uh, Carlos is a Jesus follower. He's a former worship leader, is currently a book writer and international speaker and an Instagram storyteller. He, you can't watch him on Instagram and not be excited about his stories. He, he talks about birds. Sometimes he talks about race. He talks about Jesus a lot. And he also shares with his people opportunities to bring hope. On more than one occasion, he has activated these followers of his who come from many different political backgrounds, faith experiences, social statuses. He activates them to bring hope, to give hope to those in need. Now, a few weeks ago, Carlos was in the wrong airport. He was in the wrong airport because one of his speaking gigs got canceled because of COVID-19. One more thing, right? And so he ended up in the Atlanta airport waiting to fly back home, and so he went to Chick-fil-A to eat a sandwich. And at Chick-fil-A, there's this kind of seating area in this one concourse that he was sitting in, and there was a man playing a piano, and this man was just playing that piano with all of his heart. And so Carlos had an idea. He saw the tip jar sitting there, and he thought, what if, what if we could give this man the best tip of his life? Well, I want to actually let... Uh, let him and this, this man tell the story of how God dealt hope through a group of people. So let's watch this video. Now, come on, Thrive. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that an amazing story? When we are open to the voice of the Holy Spirit, he speaks to us and he leads us. He will always show us ways that we can help meet people's needs of those in our path. Here's the cool thing about When we deal hope to others and meet real needs, it doesn't just give us the feel-goods, right? It also helps us mentally, physiologically, and emotionally. You see, science's term for meeting real needs is called this. It's called pro-social behavior. Scientists have discovered that there are at least four distinct ways that we benefit from serving others from meeting needs of other people. So let me just walk through those four things. Number one, uh, service stimulates the brain's pleasure pathways and makes you feel good. We, we all know that. If we've ever helped someone else, we, we get that, right? Uh, and what it does is this, that science has discovered that when we help other people, it triggers the same good feelings that we get when we have an amazing dessert right? Like when you have that like creme brulee, that's like perfect, or you eat that perfect apple pie, that that perfect dessert. That's that same pleasure you get from that. It triggers the same thing when we do good things for other people. Compassion helps us become less focused on ourselves and helps us to become more focused on helping others. This is especially valuable to us when we feel stressed out or we're suffering from anxiety. Let's all be real, right? We've all suffered from that a little bit. Uh, in the last year, haven't we? By focusing our attention on someone else's problems, we become less preoccupied with our own worries and our brain becomes energized by trying to help other people. Isn't that amazing? When we help others, it actually energizes us to tackle our own issues. So by helping others, we're actually helping ourselves. The second thing is this, compassion builds stronger social connections, serving others strengthens relationships. It it does, it strengthens relationships, allowing you to form more deeper connections with those that you help. You actually help provide emotional support to others. And in return, you find that as you build relationships with others, they are able to potentially offer emotional support to you as well. This in turn, combats a lot of this social isolation and loneliness that we are so easily drawn into at times which then, of course, helps us mentally and emotionally. The third thing is this, compassion. Compassion improves our physical health. So so it it not only triggers something in our own brains, it not only helps us in relationships, but it also helps us physically. A brief from the Corporation for National and Community Service reports that those who volunteer or serve others for 100 hours a year are 33% less likely to report bad health in comparison to those who don't volunteer or serve other people. Some of the benefits that they noticed were this, that there was a reduction in hypertension, in mortality, and so many other things. Helping serve others and and meeting the needs of other people actually helps us physically. And then number four, this is one of my favorites, number four, um, compassion. Meeting other people's needs is contagious. It's contagious. It it gets other people excited. When someone observes you meeting the needs of someone else, it actually stirs them to meet other people's needs. That almost sounds like a biblical principle, doesn't it? That we spur one another on to love and good works, right? Here's what I love about science. Science actually just supports what the Bible already says. Let me give you an example. Isaiah 58, 10 through 11 says this, feed the hungry and help those in trouble, right? Meet real needs. Then this is what happens. It says, then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. That's good, right? And then it goes on. It says, the Lord will guide you continually. Who doesn't need some guidance every once in a while, right? Giving you water when you're dry, restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. What does that mean? It means that you will be filled with life. When you help others, you'll be filled with life. Now, it also says in Luke 6, 38, Jesus said this. He said, give and you will receive, right? That, that the kind of principle of, of reciprocity, right? If you give, you'll receive. You will be given much, not just a little bit, but much. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will spill over onto your lap. The way you give to others is the way God will give to you. Let that sink in, church. The way that you help meet needs of other people, the way that you give of yourself, of your time, of your love, of your care to others, God will meet that need back toward you. So if science says meeting other people's needs is good for you and your physical life, and if the Bible says that meeting real needs is good for your spiritual life, It only makes sense for us to talk about how we can go about meeting the needs of those that God puts in our lives, in our path, on a daily basis. The first thing we have to understand this, though, is that when the Holy Spirit prompts us to do something for someone, it is not our job to question that leading. And I say that because because I I, I used to think this way. I'm just going to be really vulnerable with you. I used to think this way. Uh, when God prompted me to maybe give money to somebody and I looked at that person, I judged them on the outward appearance. I thought to myself, but what if they use what I give for something bad? Anybody else thought that before? Yeah. It's something that we kind of think about, right? But if the Holy spirit, if you know, the Holy spirit is leading you to do it, it's not for you to question. It's for It's your job. It's my job. When the Holy spirit leads us as disciples of Jesus, our job is to obey. Our response is to obey and not to ask questions about it. Now, yes, we need to have wisdom, but but let's not get so caught up in asking questions or saying, well, I need to pray about this. Jesus already has asked us to meet needs in Jesus' name. It's also important to admit that sometimes as believers, we want to jump to the deepest need first, don't we? Sometimes we want to jump straight into talking to people about Jesus Today, I want to suggest that there might be a couple of steps that we can take before that step that will actually allow that person that we're talking to to be open to receiving the good news of Jesus. Oftentimes, people who don't yet know Jesus don't care how much you know about your faith. They don't care about how how much Jesus cares for them. What they want to know is how much do you care for them? They want to know how much you care about them. And the most practical way for us to show them how much we care and how much Jesus cares for them is to start with extending help at their point of greatest need. Just like at their most practical point of need, let's just give help there first. Let's call this first step doing good deeds. Just simply doing good deeds for other people. Jesus said this about how our good deeds actually help people. Acknowledge the one you do the good deeds for. Like when we do good deeds for other people, as Jesus' followers, as his disciples, it actually points people to him. This is what it says in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. It says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light Shine before men that they may see your good deeds and do what? Praise who? Your Father in heaven. What kind of good deeds and opportunities should we be on the lookout for? What kind of good deeds can we be looking for in our community? Well, Matthew 25:35 gives us a great list. Jesus said this, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. That's a great list to start with, isn't it? But maybe some of you are like, okay, well, are there some other options? Well, it could look like cleaning someone's home. Like if someone just had a newborn baby, one of the greatest things you could do is meet a real need for them and just like say, Hey, can I just come and make you some food? Can I just come and like clean your house for you? Cause I know how hard that can be. Right. Or, or maybe it's changing the oil for a widow in the church, right? Just taking it upon yourself to like take their car, get it tuned up, make sure it's running right, get the oil change for them. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's providing school supplies for teachers who constantly have to spend their own money to, to, Uh, supply students who oftentimes don't have money of their own, right? Like maybe we do something like that. It could be filling the tank of gas in a car for someone who's stranded. We don't know what God might ask us to do. We have to be on the lookout for what the Holy Spirit prompts us to do. It could be a small gesture that we do alone, or it could be like something that Carlos did. And it, it, it includes a larger group of people, something bigger than you can do on your own. It's where the, people of God come together and you use your network of influence to help someone else. I don't know what it might be for you, but I know this. The Holy Spirit is always speaking. He's always talking to you and he's always leading you to be more like Jesus. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was known for meeting needs and by doing good deeds, right? Oftentimes he he didn't talk about what it meant to be a follower of him until he healed somebody, right? Or he reached out his hand, he provided food, he he did all these things where he met practical needs. As disciples, if we are trying to follow Jesus, we need to meet the needs of those around us. Do you know what doing good deeds for those who who do not yet know Jesus, do you know what it does for them? What it does for them and what it does for you is this, it creates Goodwill. It creates goodwill. That's the second step in meeting real needs, creating goodwill between people. Jesus came as a giver of goodwill, right? He came to give grace and favor to those who who were to come into relationship with him. He gave grace and favor to all men. Jesus did this by feeding the hungry, by healing the sick, comforting the hurting, setting the captives free, by dying on the cross in our place for our sins. This step in meeting real needs is deeper than just just meeting physical needs. This is is actually meeting a relational need. How many times did Jesus have conversations with people who had questions? He built goodwill with them so that they could trust what he had to say. When Jesus' disciples actually followed Jesus, we show those in our lives this goodwill, or as the Greek calls it, agape, love this brotherly love, this caring for other people. John 15, 13 says it like this. Jesus said this about agape love. There's no greater love. There's no greater goodwill. There's no greater brotherly love that you can give than you lay down your life for a friend. There are many ways that we can lay down our lives for other people, for those that the Holy Spirit puts in our path. There's so many different ways we can do that, right? We know that there are, that that we are creating goodwill if what we're doing shows God's unconditional love for them. So as we're meeting people's needs, right, their practical needs, and then we start to connect with them on a personal level, we know that we're doing what God's asking us to when we show his unconditional love. Romans 13 verse 9 and 10 says this, Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of the law. You see, when we do good things for other people, we're fulfilling the law of God. We're loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. So when we show Jesus' goodwill to the world, it creates a bridge for those who are lost to cross over from death to life. It creates a way for them. It creates a connection, a relationship, someone to walk with them over that bridge, somebody to walk with them on that journey toward Jesus. We build that bridge one step at a time when we do things like sit with someone who's struggling to break an addiction. We can do that by supporting someone who is grieving the loss of a loved one. We can do that by taking someone into our life that needs a hand up, by bringing them into our lives, not just handing them something, but bringing them into a relationship with us. When we start doing good deeds by meeting real physical needs and, and, and by creating goodwill, by 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 meeting some emotional relational needs, it can lead to this third and most important step. The one that meets the spiritual need of those who are lost and hurting. We're going to call this sharing good news. Sharing good news. Jesus's whole ministry was about sharing the good news of the kingdom of God. Sharing the good news of the kingdom of God. If we are his disciples, then we follow him not only in his example, but, but also obeying his commands. And he commanded us in Mark 16, 15, we can read it. It says, and when he told, and then he told them, Go into all the world and do what? Preach the good news to everyone. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. In fact, we should make sharing the good news our life's ambition. Being like Paul in that. Paul said it this way. He said, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of what? Telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. See, we have to meet real physical needs. We have to connect with people and build goodwill in relationship so that we can share the good news of the grace of God with others. Now, maybe you're listening to this message today and you, you, you would identify yourself as a Christian or a disciple of Jesus, but you're not really sure what the good news is. Like you, you wouldn't be able to like, just like say it in a simple statement. Well, let me share with you a really simple breakdown of the good news. The good news is this, the message that we have forgiveness through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, that his death paid the price for our sins. And we can have a relationship with God, the father, because of this sacrifice. This brings us back into the family of God, giving us access to the kingdom of God now and forever. That's the good news. That's the grace of God that Jesus came declaring. That's the grace of God that the disciples declared. That's the grace of God that for generations and generations of believers has been shared around the world. We are Christ's ambassadors to this world. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. We are the good news bringers here on this earth. And Paul reminds us of that in Romans 10, 14, and 15. He says, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go to them without being sent That is why scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers of those who bring good news. I want you to know if you're sitting there saying, well, I wasn't sent to be a missionary. No, 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 that's not true. Jesus said that all disciples are called to bring good news to those who are lost. Jesus has already sent us. You don't need to pray about it. You don't need to wonder about it. You have been sent into your home, into your neighborhood, into your workplace, into this community to be a good news bringer, to share the good news. Now, Thrive, it's clear the greatest need we can meet is sharing the good news, the gospel message with those who are still separated from God the Father, and they're lost in their sin. But to earn the right to be able to share that good news, we must, like Jesus, meet physical needs by doing good deeds. Those good deeds often create an opportunity for us to create goodwill in relationships with other people, the people that the Holy Spirit has brought into our lives, which then opens the door for us to share how Jesus meets their spiritual needs through sharing of the good news. Thrive, my my prayer for us is that we would be a church that deals hope to the world. That by making it our goal to meet real needs, wherever we see an opportunity, the Holy Spirit would begin to dive into the hearts of those who are hurting and lost. When we listen to the to the Holy Spirit and to the places that he leads us to go and to the people he brings in our path and we, we respond with obedience, we lean into difficult situations of people's lives and we share the good news, we are growing in our relationship. That means that we're maturing in our following of Jesus when we respond with obedience. Now, I want to pray for you today because I believe that each and every one of us in some way struggles with this. We struggle at times to meet real needs. Maybe we get hung up at the physical level, like wanting to help somebody who we think, in our mind, by our eyes, might not deserve help. But if the Holy Spirit leads us, our response is to obey. Maybe some of us struggle. We, we, we can do the physical thing, but we struggle to invite people into relationship with us. That's a, that's a hang-up for some of us. I totally get it. Maybe others of us just we can do those things, but we struggle talking about the grace of God and the forgiveness that he gave us through his son, Jesus. So I want to pray for us today. Would you join me for all of us who call ourselves disciples? I want to pray for you right now. And in a moment, I want to pray for another group of people. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we want to be your hands and feet of Jesus here on this earth. We want to be disciples that deal hope to a world so full of despair. And so right now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak to each and every believer's heart today, myself included. Give, give us a picture of someone that we know that needs hope. Open our eyes to the world as you see it and stir in us the courage to obey your promptings as you lead us. Help us to meet the needs of those you put in our path from this moment on. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. Now, I believe that there are some here today who have been listening and you're looking for hope. You're one of those people who needs, need to be met. You have needs that need to be met. And maybe you're here because someone met a real need in your life and they invited you to come to this this room full of imperfect people becoming the church. And you gave them a shot because of that relationship. Today, you've heard the message of good news, and you are wondering if Jesus cares enough about you to meet all of your needs, to help you find hope in a dark world. Maybe you think you're too messed up. Maybe you think that you're too far gone to be saved. And I want you to know this that Jesus was willing to leave heaven and come to earth to live on this earth a perfect life and to hang on a cross and die for you, for your sins so that you could have new life in him. To receive that new life is not as hard as you might think it is. I know sometimes as Christians, we can maybe overcomplicate it a little bit, but it's as simple as this. Paul says in Romans 10, 9 9 through 13, he says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. Now, this is the part I love because if you're still wondering, is Jesus is, would Jesus do this for you? If you're still wondering, is it, 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 have I done too much? Is, am I too far gone? I want you to hear this right now. Verse 13, it says, everyone, everybody say that with me. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a joyous hope that is. That means you, even with all of your sin, you can be saved. If you believe in faith that Jesus really is who he claimed to be, that he died for your sins, that he was buried for three days and was raised back to life by God the Father, and that it is only through his life submitted, through a life submitted to the Lord that you have new life. That's all it is. And so I'm going to say a prayer that's going to help you to make that confession, public confession of faith. But you have to ask yourself, is your heart in it? And if your heart is in it today and you want to say this prayer, I would would encourage you to repeat after me. And Thrivers, you know what to do. You're going to join together with those who are saying this prayer for the first time to add your faith to theirs as they say this prayer. Heavenly Father, forgive me of all of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again. So that I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I can know you and serve you and follow you the rest of my life. My life is no longer my own. Today, I give it to you, Jesus. Thank you for new life. In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you said that prayer today for the very first time, I want you to know you've started a journey that you will never regret yes you may face obstacles the enemy is going to try to steal kill and destroy but you need to know that you are now part of the kingdom of god you are part of this family here at thrive and we want to support you and walk with you through your journey so if you would take a moment and go to our website at www.thrivesquim.com and you can fill out a connection card right there a digital connection card and let us know that you said yes to Jesus, we will get back in touch with you and we would love to walk with you through your next steps of your journey with Jesus. Well, here's my challenge for each and every one of us today. As we go about our life, let's have our ears tuned to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when we feel led to meet a real need, lean in and do it because you never know. You never know if that's gonna be the opportunity for you to lead someone into a relationship with Jesus. God bless church, and we'll see you back here next week. Let's continue to worship this morning.
0: Hey, thank you so much for joining us for Thrive Online this week. For more information about our church, go to thrivesquim.com and fill out a connection card. We hope to hear from you, and I hope you have a great rest of your week. And we will see you next week, either in person or right here on the Thrive Online Podcast.